0: You are listening to Pandora's Box Radio with Kalia LaRoche. For more information about my products and services, counseling, coaching, hypnotherapy, books, and audios, please visit narcissismfree.com or pathbacktoself.com. Hello and welcome to Pandora's Box. This is Kalia. Today, the topic of our podcast is being a scapegoat when people blame you. Today, we're going to talk about what to do when people blame you. Those who are frequently blamed in a system are called a scapegoat. The scapegoat got its name from ancient religious traditions where a goat was symbolically loaded up with the sins of the community and then cast out into the wild to die. Now, the goat was quite innocent and didn't deserve its fate, but the people of the community needed to purge themselves of their negativity, and so they unburdened themselves by casting the burden upon the innocent goat. How many of you feel like or have felt like that goat? I know I have. Most dysfunctional family systems cast at least one of the family members into the role of the scapegoat. The scapegoats are usually the most sensitive ones. They're often the most aware and even the healthiest emotionally. Because of their more sensitive, emotional, aware nature, they will often speak out about how they feel about something going on in the family or in a system a corporation, a community. They break the unspoken rules in the system of don't talk, don't trust, don't feel. The scapegoat may be the leak in the hose in a family, social, or corporate system where the repressed emotions find an outlet because they will often trigger others in the system. They're blamed for the issues that really have nothing to do with them. Blaming others is a way that one takes the focus off himself or herself. It's a great way to shuck one's responsibility for the triggers that are actually coming from within. As we get healthier, we learn how to identify our triggers and work with them. We learn about core wounds and how when these core wounds are triggered, we can feel intense emotional discomfort. As a result, we may want to lash out at the one who is triggering us instead of going within and looking at what is actually being triggered. Unfortunately, only a small percentage of our population actually understand this. Only a small percentage of our population go into recovery for drugs, alcohol, and codependency, where they learn that the addiction is merely distracting them from what's really going on inside. Only a small percentage of our population are on a true spiritual growth path, where they don't just talk about spiritual jargon, but they do the hard work of inner healing. Since only a small percentage of our population are aware of terms like core wounds and triggers, the percentage that doesn't understand family dynamics and the accompanying issues will be subject to expressing their fear and pain unconsciously. Personality disordered people are the worst when it comes to projecting their inner reality onto others and blaming them for something the personality disordered individual is actually responsible for. When there's a smear campaign happening in a family or a social setting, there's often a personality disordered individual at the helm. This is someone who avoids responsibility for their own issues by deflecting and projecting them onto an innocent person. If they can get others to agree with them or join forces with them in finding fault with the target, they feel more justified or vindicated in their campaign to hurt the innocent person. So what if you are the victim of such a smear campaign? What if you are the one being blamed? I know this role well, as I've often been scapegoated in my life. It's a difficult role to be in because the very nature of being a scapegoat is to be loaded up with the burdens others are disowning and being cast out of the family or community. Those of us who are blamed often are not in a position to defend ourselves because by the time we realize what has gone down, the damage is already done. We've already been cast in a negative light, and the scapegoater has already managed to gain support for his or her point of view. We can't very well re-enter that community trying to convince others of our innocence. It's too late for this. So what do we do? I'm going to give you 11 focuses. I just started writing down everything I could think of that really helped me and ended up with with 11. So we're going to have 11 focal points here. Number one, the most important thing for you to do if you are being blamed and scapegoated is don't believe the lies. If you tend to doubt yourself a lot, this is an opportunity for you to work on healing self doubt. Know that you are innocent. You didn't deserve to be treated like this. And it's not your fault. Even if you did do something where the crime doesn't at all fit the punishment, you can still claim your innocence. You know, I didn't, I didn't mean to say that thing that hurt you. That wasn't my intention. And so you still have to know your own innocence, know your own intentions, Number two is withdraw from that community. If there's a community that are throwing stones at you, get away. You'll feel sad. You may feel abandoned, rejected, cast out, unloved, and unwanted. But once again, don't believe the lies. They aren't true. You are loved, and you are lovable. There's a toxic poison running through this family or community and it's best to remove yourself from it because the people who have been poisoned are blind to the truth. They're brainwashed. So they've been sucked into the scapegoater's web of lies and deception and they don't know any better. So stay away. Number three, don't try and defend yourself. If someone comes up to you and ask you for your side of the story or wants to know if these accusations are true then you have the opportunity to tell them the truth but wait until they come to you if they don't come to you leave it alone a friend or family member who believes lies about you without checking in with you is not a friend he or she is a pawn in a game Maybe eventually he or she will come around and see the truth, but right now you need to accept that the people that are caught up in this web are under the influence of this toxic poison. Number four is deepen your friendships and connections with those who do believe you and are there for you. If you don't feel you have any true friends, perhaps this is the perfect opportunity to develop healthier connections with people. Try and surround yourself with people who love you and care about you. Focus on these relationships rather than the ones that you are losing. In a situation like this, we learn who our real friends and supporters are. Number five, there's a tendency to believe that the scapegoater has taken something from you. Although it may appear this way, realize that on a larger scale, they're giving you a gift, which is to show you who they are and who your true friends and supporters are. They're helping you to weed your garden, leaving only the relationships that are healthy and nurturing. Number six, This is an opportunity to work on your core wounds of guilt, shame, self blame, feelings of inadequacy, feeling not good enough, not worthy, etc. These feelings inevitably will come up for you when there is a blame campaign against you. You may feel that if you truly were good enough, people wouldn't treat you like this. But this is not at all true. Sometimes the kindest, most loving, and caring people are scapegoated the worst. Number seven, heal your own anger, resentment, and hatred for the person and people who are scapegoating you. It's easy and natural to feel intense feelings towards the one who hurts you. Let yourself have your feelings, but work through them so that you can arrive at a place of love, compassion, and forgiveness for your accusers. This ultimately brings peace to you. I'm not saying you will get to this place overnight, and you may move between feeling love and compassion for your accusers and feeling anger and resentment. Keep working to remove the resistance to feeling love in your heart for yourself and others. Love is the highest vibration and feels much better than the alternative. Don't spiritually bypass your feelings. Be honest with yourself about how you're feeling. There's no shame in feeling angry and hurt for the way you're being treated, but you don't want to get stuck or lost in these feelings. Number eight, understand why you're being scapegoated. You won't get this information from the people who are scapegoating you, You may need to explore this on your own or with an enlightened friend or a therapist, but the more you understand the deeper truth, the more that truth will set you free. For example, when you understand that a person is scapegoating you because you trigger something they don't want to look at as coming from within themselves, it will help you to release self-doubt and self-blame. Number nine, integrate the lessons. It's always important to ask yourself, what can I learn from all this? There's always a lesson to be learned. And the sooner you learn the lesson, the sooner you will be free to move beyond the scapegoating dynamic. The lesson may often be the same in every scapegoating situation. As I look back on mine, I see that I tend to provoke jealousy in some people because of who I am or certain qualities or talents that I have. As a result, I've dimmed my own light down for fear of causing jealousy in other people. And the lesson I've learned is to don't dim down for anyone, to shine as brightly as I can without shame. Be the light that I've come to be. I've also learned not to blame myself. Because that was something I really used to do when people were, were mean to me or scapegoating me. I felt uh, my core shame and my blame com- self-blame coming up, where I felt like it was somehow my fault that I was being treated like that. So I've, I've learned not to blame myself or take responsibility for the issues that belong to other people. And this is really big. And I think this is a lesson that anybody can learn that are going through a scapegoating situation is don't take it on, don't blame yourself. Number 10, see if you can't explore the qualities within yourself that are common triggers for others and then actually build upon those qualities. For example, if you are beautiful, talented, smart, accomplished, successful, kind, loving, caring, sensitive, and aware, and you feel people are jealous or resentful, For any or all of these qualities, work to develop or allow these qualities even more, rather than attempt to hide them. Like I said before, shine brighter. It's like the age-old saying, kill them with kindness. Be the radiant light that you've come here to be. And if your light is offensive to others, it's not your issue. And finally, number 11, don't be afraid of your accusers. It's kind of like being afraid of the bully. I know that's easier said than done. But recognize that they're coming from unconsciousness. They may seem to possess a lot of power to destroy, but it is a corrupt power that is lacking in the higher vibrational qualities of love, compassion, and kindness. Know that the higher vibrational qualities are where it's at, and the lower vibration of judgment, blame, persecution, and destruction are not energies to fear, but rather to pity. Those who carry this lower vibrational energy are suffering from pain and fear. Focus on raising your own vibration out of the darkness and into the light, And this is what will ultimately set you free. I've had a couple of situations in the past few years where I was scapegoated, and it was shockingly painful in the beginning when I first learned what was happening. I felt deeply hurt and betrayed by people I believed cared about me. Eventually, I got through it and nothing really changed except for me. I never succeeded in convincing others that I'm not the bad guy. I only succeeded at convincing myself and healing my core wounds around being blamed and shamed. We can say another layer because I've been working on core wounds like many of you for a very long time, but sometimes this residual stuff comes up to be cleared. We have residual shame. We have residual self-blame that we need to Work with to release our core wound of shame tells us that there's something inherently wrong with us, that we're somehow a bad seed. So, when people find fault with us, we naturally assume it's because there's something wrong with us. When we heal this core wound, we confront that lie within ourselves and constantly remind ourselves that there is nothing wrong with us. We're good, we are lovable, we are worthy of love. We are worthy of respect and kindness. In order for me to heal my situations, I had to face the core shame within me. I had to learn not to take my accusers personally. I realized their attack on me had to do with their own core wounds and beliefs that were being projected outward onto me. And I was simply a convenient target. In both cases, the primary accuser was a woman who was undoubtedly insecure and jealous of the relationship I had with someone close in their life. Both of these women attempted to have me removed from their lives so I would no longer be a threat to them. In both cases, I always showed up with kindness, compassion, generosity, love, and care towards them. In both cases, I was not an actual threat. In both cases, I was accused of doing and being something I wasn't. These women projected their own fear and insecurity onto me and found fault with me. It seemed that in both cases, the women believed their own lies and felt justified spreading these lies to others. In one case, there was serious damage done to some very important relationships in my life. In another case, the scapegoating resulted in the deepening of a very important relationship in my life. So it can go either way. In both cases, I walked away from entire groups of people, people who were my family, my community. In both cases, I learned who my real friends and family were, those who showed up to support me. I learned who had my back and who really cared about me. In both cases, I did not go into the situation and attempt to defend myself. I allowed the cards to fall where they will and allowed people to think and believe whatever they wanted. If they aligned with my accuser, I knew they didn't know me, and that was okay. Not everyone is going to know us, and not everyone's going to love us. Some people will judge us and find fault with us, but the poor treatment coming from others is about them, not us. Okay, so we're back to us and them. But when somebody is lashing out at you, that's about them. It's not about you. And this is what we have to realize. People tend to treat us how they were treated or how they treat themselves. It has nothing to do with you. When you're being blamed or scapegoated, you're simply the canvas in which the accuser projects his or her own pain and fear onto. At some point, the people who took up arms with your accuser against you may ask themselves, what are they fighting for? They may not like the way it feels to carry around so much anger and hostility and decide just to let it go. They may even decide to start being kind or friendly towards you again, should your paths cross. Because they realize on some level, it was never their fight to begin with. They may have had to go through their own process of healing, or they may just move on without ever knowing what the truth is. There is a saying that the truth will always come out in the end. We can only hope that this is true. However, we don't want to wait around for the truth to be exposed. We need to find a way to move beyond the accusations and the drama that has been created. By the time the truth does surface, you probably won't care anymore. You'll be so far beyond it. But if the truth does come out at a later time, those who aligned with your accusers may be experiencing a lot of guilt, and they may need to come to you to unburden themselves. They may offer an apology and tell their story. This may or may not happen. I've had this happen before, and I've heard stories of this happening to others. Some people who realize they falsely accused you or believed the lies that were told about you will feel guilty but some people are going to avoid you rather than admit guilt. This is just a coping mechanism for someone who is simply unable to admit they were wrong. Some may try and pick up with you as if nothing ever happened without ever offering an apology or talking about what happened. Since I've often been cast into the role of scapegoat in my life, I've experienced all that I'm talking about. Now, I don't typically trust someone who's taken up arms against me without ever talking to me about their experience and offering an apology, but I have let people off the hook who came to me years later and admitted guilt and did offer an apology. I don't hold grudges or carry these dark burdens around with me. I've learned not to do that in my life because to hold on to grudges against people who have mistreated me weighs me down. It hurts me. Instead, I practice letting go with love, compassion, and understanding. I may not invite certain people back into my life again. I might not trust them again, but I forgive them and I let them go. I release the charge that I might have been holding against them. We have the capacity to heal from every situation and move on with our lives with more insight and awareness than we had prior to the scapegoating experience. We need to learn not to get caught up in the drama created by others. We need to learn to stay aligned with our own truth. We need to learn when to walk away. We need to learn to forgive the past so we don't carry it around with us. And most importantly, we need to learn that there is a divine plan unfolding that we can't yet understand. We will be made better for this. We will score major karmic points for navigating through this with love. When there's someone in my life throwing energetic darts and daggers at me, believing on some level that I am the cause of his or her pain, I simply dissolve those darts and daggers with love. It never has to get in. I never need to allow such energy to enter my sacred space. I've developed enough awareness in my life to know who I am and how I'm showing up. And this is important. Because knowing ourselves will help us to remember the truth about ourselves whenever it comes into question. To know ourselves, to know our own heart, to know our true intentions is important to shield ourselves from the projections of others. If we are honest, open, authentic, and loving, we will draw into our lives plenty of people who see us And love to be in our presence. When we know ourselves, we allow others to know us. When we love ourselves, we allow others to love us. I remember telling someone about one of my scapegoating situations and talking about how a certain individual didn't like me. And that person responded with, Kalia, who wouldn't like you? She recognized that it wasn't about me, but rather about the person who needed to find fault with me in order to feel okay about herself. And isn't this the way of it? We can't avoid triggering other people. People are triggered by how we look, by our talents, by our accomplishments, the tone of our voice, and all kinds of things that have absolutely nothing to do with whether or not. We are a kind, loving, and caring person. I had one woman tell me that I initially triggered her because I physically reminded her of someone she had an issue with, but she also said she worked through it and had to remind herself that I'm nothing like that person. I merely share a physical resemblance. Our goal in life should never be about getting everyone to like us. That would be impossible. Our greatest goal is to like ourselves. To like yourself and truly love yourself takes the power away from anyone who finds fault with you. Being scapegoated is difficult and can be really painful. If you're going through this, my heart is with you. I know how it feels. I also know you can shuck your role of being a scapegoat and allow such a situation to empower you. You can rise above the scapegoat drama and find your way to a much better place. Use this as an opportunity to love yourself more, to respect and honor yourself more. Don't give others the power to tear you down. Keep reminding yourself that this isn't about you. It isn't your fault scapegoaters are projecting and they are selling others on their projections. You are simply the screen in which the scapegoater is projecting his or her fears and insecurities upon. So don't take on the projections. Set yourself free. Get help. Get support. Get beyond this. Thank you for listening today. If you would like help, and support overcoming a scapegoat situation in your life, I'm here to help. You can contact me through my website, narcissismfree.com or pathbacktoself.com. Have a great day and I will see you in the next podcast.